the Adam Blampy thing, I don't know if we want to talk about that, but you know, he's fairly yeah. famous in the wrestling world. No game. Well, you say he got no game, but he got the nude, so I mean, but, technically. I, I mean, <laughs> just say it. Okay, that's we might, fair, not want to, yeah. we, might, we might not want to say that if we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Unless you want to lose all your women, all the women. Fuck that. Though. This is going to be the cold open. Fuck that. <laughs> I, got, I got no shame. I'm not, I'm not endorsing what he did, but if we're looking at it from, from a standpoint of he got what he wanted, he got it. Just yeah. saying. He a dick yeah. for it, but he got it. I don't condone this cold open, just FYI, whoever, <laughs> whoever's hearing this. I do. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm the face on this one. I'm saying face. Uh, like, like hell you are. <laughs> oh. Hit my music! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. You are now listening to the SMC Wrestling Podcast with your boys. The Smart, Caleb Baldwin, The Mark, Carl Irvin, and The Contrarian, Rance Morris. Believe in the pod. Hello, and welcome to the SNC Wrestling Podcast. Today is Thursday, October 26, 2017. I am your Smart Mark, Caleb Baldwin. Joined today by my Mark and Contrarian, uh, Carl, what's up? What's going on, Caleb? Rants, good to be back. Uh, as you guys know, I missed the last one. Hope it went over well. I don't know. Um, but I'm back, and I'm ready to talk wrestling. It's been a long time since I've had a chance to talk wrestling with you guys especially. So I'm ready to jump into it. Um, thanks for all the well wishes for those of you that didn't send them to me, fuckers. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> take, take, take it away, Rants. Oh, you, you, I want y'all to know that Carl almost got replaced. Yeah. So, you know, we were, we, I was sitting out, I looked on indeed.com and I sent out like, you know, flyers for a new podcast host, but nobody wanted to take the job because it's me and Caleb and I don't blame him. Uh, no benefit. Yeah. No benefit. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Yeah. Oh, you know, stuff, man, Carl, you know, the show actually did go over pretty well. Uh, because Meltzer actually rates these podcasts, and the past few episodes has given us three stars, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then I notice on this one, the one that Carl happens to miss, we actually got six and a half stars. Damn. So we beat can't take that for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. One. We didn't even do the, We didn't even one. do this in the Tokyo Dome. Wow. I was about to say, I was about to say, one, y'all had to have recorded this in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> and, and and two, he just gives you guys a better rating without me because he knows I think he's a hack. Well, so well, hold on. So if that's the case, I hate I, when we do our wrestle when we do our Wrestle Kingdom podcast. I am terrified as to what he's going to give us then. We might get an eight and a, we might get an eight and a quarter. Well, God, if, who knows, man? Depends on if we bury Wrestle Kingdom or not, doesn't it? That's a good point because we might do that. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Let me let me fix that. Carl and I you might, do, might that. do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have uh, I have proper respect for the pure Riso man. That's how I am. You you sure do because you can say it correctly because I can't say this shit for nothing. Yeah. Let me show another one up. Los Ingobernables. Yeah. There we go. I got Good one for one. you. I got one for oh, you. Oh no no no, Carl. I got one for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Viva la raza! 
Yes, he, he knew. He knew what I was doing. There it is, yeah, folks. There yeah, it right, is. I knew. Every single week, man. Uh, let's let's start this one off with uh, the hot topic of the week in the WWE. Survivor Series is full-on brand warfare. We got champions against champions. We got two five-on-five matches. The card is going to be very interesting. What do you guys uh, think of this whole the, the concept in general? And, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, so I've been absent, so let me let me just jump in right off the bat, I guess. Um, I'm actually, I think, you know, typically with Survivor Series, you get your traditional five-on-fives, but that was, a lot of the times, you know, for as long as it's been around, there's only been that one brand for the most part. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So you don't have to, like, there's just you just find your guys and you go, you know? But, like, now... With the brand split the way it is, the logical choice to me is always brand warfare for Survivor Series. You know what I mean? It's one of the four shows. You know you're going to get your your four big shows. You know you're going to get your mixture of both brands. So the brand warfare is the obvious way to go. There's a lot you can do with it. Um, you know, like for this, this year seems to be the theme of champion versus champion. Um as well as, you know, the women's five-on-five, five, the men's five-on-five. Five. Um, so I think all those things are good. I think an added element to this whole idea is Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon. And, I, and the beautiful part about this is, and, you know, having seen the invasion that happened on, on Raw this last Monday, the, the beautiful thing about that is, yeah, is Angle and Shane have history. And so it just so happens to kind of, in a way, it writes itself. Um, you know, they act like they're buddy-buddy. Maybe Shane's still holding back uh, Grush from getting thrown through that glass pane three different times. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, th- this is kind of things like there's a history, so it really makes it matter, I think, not only for the two, the you know, general manager, Kurt Angle, Commissioner Shane McMahon, um, but it, it, you know, it makes it matter. And I, the, good, the good thing is it's going to give – they gave guys that don't normally get a lot of time on SmackDown and Raw, I guess, mostly SmackDown this time, depending on how Raw retaliates, uh, opportunities to kind of, oh, yeah, we don't see you very often. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I get it. You know, like the Hype Bros, for instance, are a good example. Like, they're not just on TV, dominating TV time. Uh, and so, you know, when you see Ryder and Mojo out there kind of handing out beatdowns, uh, it's good to see those guys. Um you know, Zack Ryder not getting his uh, dick grabbed and all that good stuff. Oh, but, yeah, she grabbed the hell out of that dick, too. Yeah, she did. She did. You and, know? and when you're the champ, they let you. So you may yeah, as well exactly. do Exactly. So I um, I like it. I think I think the concept is cool. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I mean, it's not the first time they've done it, obviously. Uh, I'm really most interested in the teams that they put together uh, and how those teams are going to mesh, uh, especially on that Raw side. I'm interested to see with the, the health of certain superstars and things like that, what they're going to do and how they're going to keep everyone, um, you know, because the whole idea is we got to be a united front. Well, <laughs> if you look at what happened at the last pay-per-view, you know, four of the guys that you would think, four or five of the guys you would think would be a good united front didn't really work out that well. So, you know, it's hard to say what they're going to do. So I think that adds an extra layer to it. Um, and, uh, 
I'll, I'll let it, I'll leave it there. If Rance, if you or Caleb wants to jump in. Uh, Rance, go ahead. Okay. I got, I got a whole bunch of random thoughts, but before I start, I need to say this, and this is very important. I, I saw a lot of people, especially in, uh, our Facebook group, the rest in square circle. That's the social suplex Facebook group saying that none of this made any sense. The invasion and Raw versus SmackDown and whatnot. Well, let me retort by saying this. Just because you don't like or respect the brand split doesn't mean WWE doesn't like or respect the brand split. So while we as fans might think, oh, it don't matter, ain't that big a deal, it's not important, or it's stupid, that's cool. But WWE is the company running the brand split. So when they have a situation where they do something like this, it's because they try they they believe they try to have some integrity with their brand split. I think it's genius that they allowed quote unquote allowed AJ to fill in, allowed AJ to stay, and AJ was kind of the door, kind of the guy to open the door for everybody to get there. Right? Like that's a really really nice subtle piece of storytelling in my opinion. So and I can understand, one, the one argument I do understand is, well, all these guys, a lot of these guys don't get along, but they're working together, namely Ziggler and Bobby Roode. And Ziggler quelled that himself. He said, just because I'm doing something with him doesn't mean, doesn't mean that we're friends. It means that we have one common goal, right? And, Correct. Uh, you know, for, for all we know, and, and they've always had this... Uh, sense of brand supremacy as long as the brand has been along since it's from the very first one right they've always kind of had it um and you know especially with the new brand split since they've done it other than um other than brock and randy there really has been no no mixing the brands really really hasn't been right um they've really really kind of keep the integrity kept the integrity of it but uh so yeah, I needed to say that because just because we don't might not give it the respect that WWE does gives it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Like they really have integrity for the brand split. Henceforth why SmackDown would jump Raw to get the upper hand. Everybody knows Raw's the flagship. Everybody knows everybody hurt on Raw or sick, right? Joe's gone. Um Strowman's hurt Strowman's hurt. Roman and Bray are sick. Um you know, uh, Finn got. Don't forget about Bo Dallas. Come on. Bo, I'm sorry. Yes, Bo. I'm a Bo lever. Bo's hurt, even though he doesn't make a difference. Uh, Finn got his ass whooped, so it makes sense he wouldn't be around or might be in the trainer's room. Miz, Miz, hate her ass. Miz is the type of character who, after a beatdown, might leave the show. Right. So right. everything was realistic. It was absolutely realistic. Um. You know, you have to allow yourself to be in uh, a wrestling mindset and take take off the mark glasses and look at it from what they're presenting you. And it made sense. Now, as far as the random stuff I want to talk about, first and foremost, Shinsuke Nakamura looks like a jobber right now. Why was he there? Why was he there? If you're not going to have Orton, if you're not going to have Xander or, or Owens, which makes sense those two wouldn't be there because they don't like Shane. That makes sense. But you know what I'm saying? Orton wasn't there. Uh, you know, the Usos wasn't there for whatever reason. Maybe to protect the Shield-Uso match that we all want to see. Sure. Uh, but 
you know, Charlotte and Naomi wasn't there, but that's that's another situation with the women's division. But why why was, why was Shinsuke there? He didn't do nothing. AJ makes sense being there because AJ was the guy to open the door. Why was Shinsuke yeah. there? It's just it's just a more added continuous making him look weak. Now I'm a Shinsuke fan, but I've been a I've been a big uh, guy of saying out here saying that shit. A lot of the issues Shinsuke has are self inflicted. Shinsuke doesn't look like he's motivated. Shinsuke doesn't look like doesn't look like he's willing to wrestle the same wrestle to give his all every match. He just seems like he's going through the motions. I don't know if uh, the positives of of who he was in New Japan match the positives of WWE. Something Finn Balor has been very open about. Uh, you know, talking about when he got to NXT and when he got to the main roster. Finn's been very open about that. Finn spoke of the fact that he wrestled for all those years before WWE. And he got there, and it was like he never knew how to wrestle because he didn't know the subtle things. It's cool about the in-ring, but he didn't know the camera cues. He didn't know about character work. He didn't know about any of that stuff, which right. is where the money comes from. Shinsuke, I don't, I'm not going to say he doesn't care about that because I'm sure he does, but he doesn't seem to be motivated for any of that stuff, right? And to think about an attraction, the reason, for example, let's use Brock, for example. The reason Brock isn't on Raw every Monday is the same reason Shinsuke shouldn't be on SmackDown every Tuesday. Because when you have an attraction, it gets old. I'm so sick of the music. I'm sick of the entrance. I'm sick of the whole package because I see it so much. And right. he's, not an, he's not an enthralling enough figure right at this moment. I, Rich is going to kill me for this. I get that. I'm not saying he's not an enthralling figure at all. I've watched his work in New Japan. I'm a fan. But at this very moment, he's not an, an enthralling enough figure enough to keep my interest. And I don't know how to switch to a Shinsuke conversation. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, those are my initial thoughts on the whole situation. Um, Ron's Smackdown, I think, is genius. Because, like I said, uh, there's no mixing of the brands throughout the, throughout the year other than the Rumble. So it's cool to give Survivor Series, which is kind of a dying uh, medium anyway as far as a show, since they're going to build it back up and make it a big four and have all four shows that weekend, it's cool to give it a hook and make give it a sense of importance. Even if the matches are lackluster and we got heel versus heel damn near every match, which makes no sense, but I'm sure we'll talk about that too. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, well, uh, you, you had a lot to say there, man. And uh, as far as I have a retort to your retort, on the respect of the brand split. Okay, and I would retort. say that, yeah, yeah, I'm going to retort at you so hard. Um, okay. Anyway, I don't think the WWE respects or, you know, holds integrity there to the brand split to the extent that you think that, you know, that that is the case. Uh, for example, um, you have Corey Graves and Michael Cole at this point doing commentary on both shows. That's that kind of, I mean, and this, these are count. small details. It does, though. It no, does. No, it doesn't, because they're the not thing. signed to yes, the show. Yes, it does. They're signed to the and company. Never mind. And never mind that your titles, minus the uh, the Intercontinental U.S. title, look exactly the same. Again, small detail, but still, about? it's in there. That got nothing to do with the integrity of the brand split. It'd be different if they were the same title, with the same color, but they're called the SmackDown Women's Champion. The Raw 
women's I, I am completely boggled by what the and hell you're talking the about right now. Only the only difference between those two is the name and, and the color scheme. But that's it. Okay? These are not presented like different shows. They are presented like two shows from the same company. And and while that is the case, you know, and I'm not, you know, hung up on this. I'm not, you know, dying on this hill here. But um while, you know, that is the case company go more effort to present them in a different fashion that's for sure but that's all i have to say on that front but i do want to say uh i am very intrigued by the pylon five for sure um i you know intrigued to see is owens going to beat nakamura we know we know zane's not on the team is owens going to be on the team are they going to be involved in that somehow um also, um, there is a little bit of slight intrigue in it for me in the, uh, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but I just kind of want to hit on it now. Uh, the the gender and Brock thing, if they add a special ref, you know, whoever that may, may be, whether it's The Rock or Stone Cold or the most sensible, you know, the, the, the option that would make the most sense, which is John Cena. But um my two like the two matches on that card I'm least interested in interested in is you know the women's uh, the women's champions and the intercontinental and U.S. champion and you can mostly blame that on Baron Corbin and Natalia but um, that's really all I've got on that one but you know like Carl Rance you know what else do you guys have my mind is fucked right now. How so? I swear to God. Go ahead. You think the shows aren't, they don't respect the brand split because the fucking belts are just look the same? What the fuck? It's the same company. It is, I know. But still, they could go to more effort to differentiate these shows. That's all I'm saying. They should not go to more effort because it's the same fucking company. It's not like it's New Japan versus Ring of Honor. Those are different companies working together. This is the same company with two different shows. Well, I, see, I think uh, before Rant 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 is getting a little hot, pal. I'm about I to think, lose uh, my mind. I'm not even mad. I'm too confused. Hot. I'm not. I'm not think, mad. I'm just um, genuinely blown away. See, I would I would say this, and I'll kind of meet you in them both in the middle here. Okay, the reason why I think. The titles themselves do show respect to the to the brand split because yes, they do look the same. But I think the color scheme, or however, I think that is unique in its own right. Like I wouldn't expect Raw or SmackDown, or for instance, I wouldn't expect uh, SmackDown, which has the WWE Championship, to go back and pull the fucking winged eagle belt out and say this is why we're different, or even create a new design, because to me that's like, to me, it's such a small thing. The color is good enough because we we identify Raw as the red brand. We identify SmackDown as the blue brand. So if, if the belts, for the women's especially, right? I mean, with the women's title, you know, I think it's fine. You've got the white belt with the red plate, I guess. And then with the, with the SmackDown, you've got the white with the blue. Um the, about the only thing that you can, and I guess what I would ask you is, Caleb, is what would you suggest? Yes. I mean, like, and I'm not trying to, because I mean, like you said, you're not hung up on it or anything, but what would you suggest? Because to me, 
just the splitting of the colored is fine with me. Like that is not an issue because they had to do something. And they're the same company. But you, but you, the right, and it's the same company. So you don't want to go so far as to like, do you want to go so far as to put a belt that has the word Raw on it instead of WWE, or do you want to make it WCW versus WWE basically? I'm just curious. I'm just curious, like what 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 you would suggest because to me, like, you don't want to go that. You don't necessarily need to go that far to get your point across. I mean, to me, it's obvious. You know, on Raw, they come out and they're all in their SmackDown Live shirts, and that's that is who they are. Uh, but you know, I mean, I can, I'm just trying to maybe wrap my head around it a little bit and try and ease Rance's mind. Cause I know I'll, I'll ask the questions in a way he won't ask them necessarily. Cause I'm and blown I'm just away. Curious. I am just blown curious. away. Do you have any, do you have any suggestions, Caleb, that you would, you know, you might use? I, to... I don't like, and like I said, I'm not, you know, going to die on this hill either. But right. that being said, like I could use just a little just a tiny bit more effort, you know, whether it's on the titles, on, you know, you know, more than just, oh, there's, a, you know, there's a different color on this belt. But again, I'm not dying on this hill. It's just a minor nitpick. That's all. So, right. so trust so, me, Rance, Rance, I am not going to march to Titan Towers and be like, oh, God, Brand, change your belts up. I'm just blown away. Like, I got you and I'm with you. And I mean, I feel you. I I I I I'm blown away. I got you, but I mean, for a dude that's watched wrestling as much as you have, as long as you have, you know the WWE is all about branding, right? So the reason everything looks the same with a different hue is because they're not branding Raw versus SmackDown. They're branding the company. All the belts look the same. For a reason, because if you go buy a replica belt, they all look the same except for, oh, well, I want to have Alexa Bliss's belt. So I'm going to have the white with the blue. I'm sorry, the white with the red. I want to have Naomi's belt, so I'm going to have the white with the blue. But they all still, you know it's a WWE belt. They bring out the big gold Hmm. belt. You don't know it's a WWE belt. At least not from a kid perspective. We would know. Right, well, we would know. Yeah, we, Which would we know. have to. And like, that's a good point. I think you, you have to remember that WWE is also trying to sell shit. So at the end of the day, they got to have their name all over it. You know, and so that's a good point. I think, um, you know, that's why I think you see certain wrestlers uh, like Naomi's a good example, even though I wasn't a fan of that light, bright bell. It's a good example because they have it's another way for them to make money and give distinction to a specific wrestler or title. Um, so that's a good point because, you know, at the end of the day, if, if they say, okay, we're not going to do the universal title the way they did it, they're going to do just to bring back the big gold belt, right? Well, one, they did the universal title to show that it is the most important belt, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, I, and, and so if they brought back the big gold belt, you're still going to see the WWE title as the main title. And it's raw. It's the flagship show. So they wanted to be. They wanted to have the big belt. It was all like a one-upsmanship kind of thing. Absolutely. And on top, and then on top of that, so if you bring back the big gold belt, just for instance, and I'm not saying, Caleb, that's what you're suggesting, but I'm saying if that's what they were to do, the younger fans are going to be like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know, like, you got to remember, we're all older fans, and some of us, we like to, we collect stuff. We might buy shirts. Caleb, I know you buy the the pop vinyls, right? Um, and that's, yes. that's cool and everything. But, like, the kids are the ones buying – for the most part, 
I'm not saying it's 100%, okay? So don't get me wrong. The kids are the ones buying the toy belts and the action figures yeah. and things like that. So having the – I mean, there needs to be a distinction. we got to think of it from a different perspective. And we always think of it from our our age group, our glasses, our demographic, the way we see it. But we do have to kind of look at it, at it from a different angle. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the whole universal title situation – you know how when it was Ron SmackDown the first time and they had the, it was always, the way you split it was you always had a world champ and a champ of the company. Well, right. for them trying to update it for 2017 and they've been calling their fan base the WWE Universe, now they have yeah. a fan of the company and a fan of the universe. Right. Not of the galaxy like Brian, Brian tries to say, but of the WWE Universe. You know, just like they have an IC champion, so a champion of the rest of the world. They have a champion of the United States. Right. The, the distinctions are there. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, for the record, if you're listening, I wasn't mad. I was just really, I was lost. I was, I've never been, I've never been that confused in this podcast since we started. I was He's he, heated he AM. was mad. He I was, was shooting mad. I was confused as hell. He was getting his pitchfork and axe ready to, to march to Northeast Oklahoma and, and find me. Well, that's the Take problem. Take care of the problem. That's wow. the problem. I wouldn't find you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> blip on the radar. Um, wow, we were going to talk about brand warfare, and we spent the majority of it talking about, oh, I, I fucking hate Shinsuke Nakamura, and uh, hey, those belts could look better. <laughs> so, that's well, how we hey, do on the oh, podcast. Yes! Tangents. Oh, but for real, though, like, please, like, I sincerely hope uh, Rance's boy, Ty Dillinger, wins the the belt from uh, Corbin before Survivor Series. You, you mostly not, because you, um, you're not down with the Sin Cara thing. Uh, no, and I'm definitely not down with Baron Corbin. Um, oh, and by the way, there is no way Sin Sin Cara is 198 pounds. That's that's Dookie. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, I mean, there's a story there for, uh, you know, and it's just a Twitter feud between Miz and Dillinger, and I'd be down. Yeah, I would too. Not much not much of a feud when Miz is dragging his ass, in my opinion, at least. But Dillinger got his shots in there, but it was like, it's like shit I would say when I was like 12. Well, it's it's me, if you listen to the Fuck You Mean podcast between me and Rich, it's the argument, it's the old Jay-Z Nas argument. Who is it about facts, or is it about what you said that sounded good. Right. Miz came with facts. Yeah. I'm a fact guy. That sounded good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fact guy. Carl, are you saying that you're a facts man? Boop, boop. (laughs) I'm a facts man. Bow, bow. All I know, listen, all I know is I don't want any fake news. That's what I don't want. No fake news. Yeah. So. Wow. What else were we going to... What else were we going to talk about, guys? We, we can talk about some more about these titles. <laughs> no, I, think we, uh, I think we got our uh, I think we got our shots in on this. I think man. the listeners uh, have already uh, closed the podcast, so let's we're freestyling yeah, now. Just yeah, whatever the hell we want. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what was wrong with the Ford administration. Oh my um, god! No, I'm kidding. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay, that was funny to me just now. That was really funny. Ah, that means I popped you. Good. Um, man, you want to talk about some warfare? 
Let's talk about the independence versus WWE, as yeah. as Jack Swagger would put it, you know? Oh, and now I want to start this off by saying, me, you know, uh, a fairly decent supporter of the independent wrestling scene. Me, Oklahoman. You would think, okay, this guy's all in on what Jack Swagger had to say. No, that is not the case. I would love to agree with him on this one, but he, he was completely wrong. I mean... WWE, they book these shows months in advance. And as far as, you know, talent rating goes, you know, I, and, you know, I'm not one to white knight for a billion dollar corporation, but that's just part of business. You know, you want to sign these guys to your company to improve your roster. So uh, as far as the Jack Swagger thing has to go on this front, that's really all I have to say about that. I don't have much else to add, to be honest. Well, just a little, little context for those of you who aren't, 100% sure. What he's referring to is Jack Swagger talking about how, uh, you know, WWE likes to piggyback off of what indie shows are doing. Uh, so they might be in like the same area as when like a Ring of Honor or Evolve or whatever is in a certain town putting on a big show. And so while that is true that they are in the same spite, uh, same spots, uh, I think Caleb pretty much hit it. I mean, WWE books the shows way ahead of time. Um, and even if they didn't, let's just say for just on, let's just say they were doing what Jack is saying they're doing. Okay. Can we just talk about the fact that there's this one weekend every year, this one week it's called WrestleMania. <gasps> oh my goodness. And yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it is the pretty much the be all end all when it comes to a wrestling weekend. Wait, and, wait. I'm, I'm sorry, Carl. Is WrestleMania is that like WWE's version of Bound for Glory, or what's the deal there? Right. Oh, yeah. No, Similar. it's WWE's version of Triple Mania. <laughs> okay. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is, let me let me ask you guys what happens every time WrestleMania weekend pops up, right? Do does every single ind independent promotion on planet Earth, it seems like, come down there and do outside type stuff in the same town or right outside of the town? See, of course Except they do. DNA, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, of course, you know why I'm they just do saying. it? They do it because they're smart. Okay, because that is not a dumb thing to do. All right, it is a smart business decision. So uh, you know that all the people are going to be down there. You take your ass down there and find a small venue, sell tickets for a decent price, and get people watching. And that is fine. I have no problem with that. And because I have no problem with that, I don't think it's fair to criticize WWE if they do it. Um, WWE is not a monopoly, okay? This is, they're not pricing the end, everyone out of wrestling, okay? You can get your wrestling anywhere. So this isn't – it's not like the electric company. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not. So this is – this to me is not even a problem. I think it's perfectly fine that they do this. And we even on the topic we just we have and when we were discussing it, we were talking about uh, the shirts too. Uh, you oh, know, hold on, the, hold on. before we get to the shirts, go ahead. Yeah, before we get to the shirts. Um, so Caleb brought up the Jack Swagger prom. Uh, well, any promo, the Jack Twitter Swagger, video. Yeah, whatever. He's nobody. But um, oh. Yeah, he's nobody. Right. Until he decides to wear tights or a singlet when he wrestles, he's nobody. Um anyway, but the more but like the more Kevin Owens, huh? 
<laughs> at least Kevin at least Kevin Owens looks like he's he looks competent. Looks like it, it fits the package. I don't know what the hell Jess is doing. But uh the more recent example of the situation is Cody Rhodes and Marty Squirrel and the Bucks. I think Hangman Page was back there somewhere, the bastard. Uh talking about uh trying to sell tickets for their San Antonio show on the 17th of November, which, if you guys are doing your dates, is the Friday before Survivor Series weekend. Absolutely. Now, full disclosure, the way NXT tickets are done, like when they go on the road, they're not done for a big amount of time ahead. They're done maybe a month or two ahead of time. So, it's probably factual that Ring of Honor has San Antonio first. That's probably factual. But, Houston has been the home for Survivor Series. That we've known about this for over a year. Literally over a year. They've known that Survivor Series is going to be in Houston all four days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And the history of what WWE has done is, since they're running an NXT TakeOver on, Tuesday, on Saturday, they'll do the surrounding cities Thursday and Friday. What is surrounding of Houston? Austin and San Antonio. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... With that being said, I just wanted to point out that even though this situation might actually be one of those where WWE got a second, it's not that they chose to do it to go to combat Ring of Honor. They chose to do it because it fell within their business scheme. Right? Yeah. And then that's sure. just, it's just a fact. Uh, you know, and, and so it's, it's when, when people try to say this, you know, incendiary things about WWE, especially a guy who was very happily making his living there for eight, nine years, like, like Cody Runnels, uh, you know, it really annoys the hell out of me, man, because like, I guess you're playing a character, but don't be a dick about it. Well, we're using the shoot names, brother. Well, he doesn't know. Oh, yeah. Roles. He doesn't know roads. So I either call him Cody or call him by his real name. He doesn't know roads. <laughs> as much as that may bother you guys, it's a fact. He doesn't know the name. I'm talking, I'm talking <laughs> to the listeners. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say, you know, for Caleb's point, I think pretty much, I mean, Caleb's I'm not trying right. to white knight. I'm not trying to white knight for WWE because, I mean, it's not like they need my, you know, they don't need me protesting for them. But bottom line is, I don't have a problem with either the indies or the WWE doing this because, once again, this is business. Boys and girls, and that's just the way it is. And the independent scene is they, – they all say they're doing just fine without WWE, so this should not be a problem, right? San Antonio, I mean, well, San Antonio has it's, over it's, a million people in the city. you telling me that not enough people can go to both shows? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we, it's I mean, really, we did it. We went to both when we were in San Antonio, all three of us. On the same day. Correct. We on went the to same an Evolve day, show yeah. the same day as the NXT TakeOver. So, I mean. And both were packed. Sold yes, they out. were. Sold yes, out. Were. Like, no places to sit sold out. Nope. Nope. I don't have a problem with piggybacking either on either end, you know? Whether it's, you know, a million different companies, you know, flying to uh, New Orleans in April to, to, you know, make money off of Mania or, or you know, vice versa. NXT running a show in San Antonio same day as Ring of Honor. Um, and truthfully, I don't know that Ring of Honor is all that worried. I mean, I... They don't care. No, yeah, well, here's the I thing, guys. It's it's good for wrestling. 
because it gives people options, Mm -hmm. you know, especially on these big weekends. Not everybody can get if you weren't able to spend three hundred dollars on a ticket to Survivor Series. Let's say you didn't get in the first batch of people tickets sold out. And now you're looking third party and third party costs you three hundred and fifty four hundred dollars to get a really awesome seat. And you don't want to pay that kind of money. Well, fuck, especially if you live in Houston or if you live in San Antonio now. You can go spend thirty or forty dollars and go check out Ring of Honor. Go check out Evolve. It gives people options. Well, well, you know? at, yeah. Well, look at the way rest, uh, it used to be uh, every uh, Wrestle every uh, WrestleMania week until they changed before Takeover got put on the Saturdays. Um, when it when you know because you know Hall of Fame was always a Saturday that weekend, right? Right. Yeah. If you didn't want to go to the Hall of Fame, you would go to SuperCard of Honor. Yes. And and they and trust me, I'm I'm not a huge indie guy. I, I'm becoming more so, honestly, with all respect, because of my because of my brother Caleb. I'm becoming more of an indie watcher. You know, I've always kept up with Ring of Honor, but they stack these SuperCard of Honor shows, and they have two: one on Friday, one on Saturday. So that yeah. was the alternative. If you if you don't want to go to the ring, if you don't want to go to the Hall of Fame, you go to that. If you don't and here's you the can't thing. get in to take over, you go to that. And here's the thing. I mean, with the Hall of Fame, you know, unless. I'll be honest with you. I'm typically not a big fan of going to the Hall of Fame. I've yeah. I've been yeah. I've been before when they had WrestleMania in Houston, uh, 25. Stone Cold Steve Austin got inducted, so I went to that. But I mean, typically, like I would skip a Hall of Fame for 50 bucks. What it costs, I think maybe 75 now. I'm skipping that, and I'm I'd rather go to a, a wrestling show like a SuperCard of Honor type deal. You know those. So those things, I mean. Like I said, it's just it gives you a plethora of options, yeah. And so that's why I don't have an issue with it, you know, because like, as far as I'm, I know, if like WWE books a live event somewhere while Ring of Honor is doing a big show, I'm gonna I don't know how much a live event ticket usually runs, but I'm gonna guess it's I'm gonna guess it's probably gonna actually be less than maybe the big indie show is gonna run, or at least close to the same price. So if you can't get on an indie show, well now you can go check out the live event. I mean that's just. To me, there's just it's it's all about options, and I think all in all, it's good for business both ways. The most expensive ticket for a WWE live event is 125 dollars. I sat in the second row of one yeah. when they came to Houston about two years ago, and it's really really inexpensive. That's right. the reason why more casuals go to those. That's the reason why more families go to those, and that's the reason why those are more fun, quite frankly. Right. Yeah. I like it. You were get. By the way, yeah. before we move on, you were getting into. I stopped you and I apologize. I want to finish that. You were kind of getting into the point about uh, the shirts. Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say we were talking about because uh, I I initially was just thinking about the the shows and I had forgotten. Uh, I think Rance brought it up with with the shirts earlier that. Uh, was it Joey Ryan? Joey Ryan, who yeah. who tweeted out um, something about he was glad that the WWE was piggybacking, getting on the piggybacking train of the shirts because of the Bullet Club's the cease and desist. Well, well, no, no, not that one. To describe it to you, the elite back when the elite was still a thing, since it's apparently not anymore. Uh, right. They 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 released a Bullet Club Bullet Club uh, elite long sleeve tee that had the elite logo on the front. The word Young Bucks on one arm, the word Kenny Omega on the other arm, and the Bullet Cup logo on the back. Well, The Shield right. just released a shirt with the Shield logo in the front with all three fists with their logos on it. On one arm, it says Lunatic Fringe. On another arm, it says The Architect. On the back, it has Roman Reigns' logo. 
And if you were to just look at them side by side, <clears throat> it looks like WWE bit off the Bullet Club or the Elite right. style, for the record, guys. Yeah. And so that, to me, is it's kind of another example. Like, the Bullet Club probably doesn't – I would imagine – I don't know how, like, a, uh, you know, someone else might feel about it. But for the Bullet Club especially, I mean, these dudes have made it to where they've got shirts and Hot Topic. Yeah. You know, they're not – I don't think they particularly are worried about – WWE piggybacking off of something like this, if indeed that's what's happened. And I would say there's probably some, uh, uh, what's the word, creative license that may have been, you know, some liberties that may have been taken in designing that shirt. Uh, and that's, you know, once again, if, if I'm going to criticize, if I'm not going to criticize the independent scene for piggybacking or the WWE for piggybacking, I'm going to take the same side when it comes to things like merchandise. Now, granted, if I was to me, if I was someone like uh, maybe like a small like a wrestler who's not as big of a name, um, I can't think of anybody specific, but on the independent scene, Jervis. and I had sure why not Jervis Cottonbelly, and I had a shirt, right? And then a month later, some mass wrestler in the WWE comes out with a shirt that's similar. If I'm someone like Jervis, I might pounce on the opportunity to say, "Oh, hey, my shirt looks like theirs." I am, you know. They're using my ideas. I'm not getting mad about it. I'm hoping it draws more attention to my merchandise. Absolutely. Use it as an avenue to draw attention to my my stuff. Absolutely. So that that's, you know, if you're smart about it, if you just go in there and start acting butthurt about it, you know, that's on you. And what, so, what's funny about it is, and I'm, the Bullet Club didn't, didn't bring it up, so I don't know if they have a problem with it or not. Don't really care. But it would be funny for them to have a problem with that when the entire the entire premise of the Bullet Club is a parody. Sure. I'd love for him to send a cease and desist. That'd be outstanding. <laughs> that would, okay, I can't front. That would be funny. Yeah. That would be nice, yeah. Man, but um between the two, like, you know, I'm you know, I kinda like the shield. I like Ambrose, I like Rollins, I'm Roman neutral. I really like the Bullet Club, the Elite as well. Um the biggest reason if I were to get either shirt, the reason I would get the Elite shirt is uh those fuckers at WWE Shop decided, hey, let's start charging twenty seven ninety nine on our shirts now oh, instead of twenty four. Shit. Ugh. Some of them, yeah. You know, actually, I went out. I um, I picked up when they do. I usually wait to buy shirts when they do the uh, buy one get one for a dollar. Yep. And so I went ahead and got. I've been. I wanted that Halloween Havoc shirt so bad because I mean, even though it's not the like the original Halloween Havoc logo, I'm just. I was. That was my favorite pay per view as a WCW fan. And so when they put that like retro shirt out, I went, it was $27. I was pissed by the way, but I went ahead and got it because it was an opportunity for me to get the other shirt that I've been wanting for a while, which was the shirt for the bar. Cause usually every damn shirt on WWE shop is black. And yes. I just get tired of buying a thousand black shirts. I've got so many black shirts and this one's got a silver, you know, it's more silverish. So yeah. I was happy to get something that I've been wanting that wasn't, a damn black shirt. So, but, anyways, that's off topic. By the way, can I can I can I add some context to something real quick before we move on? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. We recorded a podcast that never came out with the homeboy, the young boy, Josh uh, Josh Smith. What's happening, bro? And uh, and my, my brother from another mother, uh, James James Thomas. It yeah. never came out for for whatever reason. Not important. But we took that was that was the podcast where the week. Where they got the cease and desist. We talked about that. We had a very 
very long, very spirited conversation about that. But one thing I want to add is, you know, so many people, it's, I guess it's human nature to always stick up for the little guy. And the WWE is the big dog, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> right? In the, in the business. Sure. Uh, so we tend to always think, well, they don't need this, or they can deal without this, or this, that, and the other, right? So, of course, a lot of people were upset with WWE sending the season desist. I wasn't, of course, because it's business. But here's why they did that. Carl and, and Caleb have just alluded to the point that these guys have a national merchandise deal with Hot Topic. Right? They're, they're, they're trying to get into more stores now. You know what I'm saying? And whether or not you like Hot Topic, Hot Topic is a very well-selling t-shirt store. Right? So, for something that is WWE's intellectual property or is intellectual property that WWE started, created, and used, and they're making money off that, this isn't just I'm selling my shirts off the table at a show anymore. This is legitimate money that you're profiting off of that's mine. Yep. Which is why they did it. You know what I'm saying? Had it just had they just been selling the two sweet shirts or all that stuff, you know, just at merch tables? You know what I'm saying? Nobody would have cared. But when you start to make a legitimate business venture that is directly not necessarily threatening mine, but making money off something I made. For example, and the, the analogy I use with Rich, Rich, I'm using you again, sorry, bro, is Rich Rich just released a CD on SoundCloud called Family Music, Family Life Music. Right, Caleb? That's what it's called? Family Life Music or whatever it is? If I release the album with literally the exact same songs, same lyrics, everything's exact same with my words on it, but I changed the name of but I changed the name of the CD. You know what I'm saying? He would yeah. sue me. Because I'm infringing upon his intellectual property. So And if anything, if anything, the cease and desist was one of the best things that happened to him because they ended up turning around and making a shirt out of that. And, and now they're making more money off that. It's the best selling shirt. Even even better like you mentioned the hot topic deal that particular shirt is going to hot topic in yes. december yeah and it's gonna kill and you know what so both 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 sides win right not that's to why mention, i'm still not and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not the the long con kind of guy here but god doesn't it sometimes just the way these things work out doesn't it just feel like it's all one big work I, lo- I like. I love thinking no. that. It's just like you know what I mean. No, I, I would. I would disagree with you if Finn and AJ didn't make a big deal to too sweet at the end of that match. <laughs> right. That yeah. baby. And then it'd be one thing they did it, but the camera zoomed in perfectly, and then tw- then their Twitter made it their actual signature picture. Like uh, it really looks like it's it's there. Everybody's in on it. I, I came for it. It wouldn't surprise me to be honest with you, but uh, you know, one needs only Vince Russo could write something like that. Shout out to my so lover, Tim Rose. Anyways. Yeah. Gosh. Had to get that out, to to get it out there, by the way. Just had to let y'all know. Break it down for y'all. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Carl will stop being so woke. Uh, real <laughs> quick. Um, Got it. Let's talk about... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's fair. Let's talk about Jeff Jarrett real quick. Uh, so, Jeff Jarrett. Blitzed out of his mind at an indie show in Canada. Later that weekend, Anthem says they're done with GFW. They're done with Jeff Jarrett. 
that's all. They're done. They're impact. That's it. And it broke this afternoon that WWE is going to foot the bill for Jeff Jarrett's rehab. So it's not all bad news. You know, Jeff Jarrett's going to go out there. Hopefully he'll get clean, get sobered up, you know, get himself taken care of. Because, you know, you, you know, you can say what you want about him as a promoter, as a wrestler, whatever you want to say about him. But he's a human being. And, you know, first things first, he's got to take care of, you know, he's got to take care of the addiction problem for sure. And, you know, kudos to WWE for, for taking care of that. Um, another one of those, I don't have a lot to add, but I might, you know, have a response for one of you two after you guys say what you have to say. Um, well, well, I just want to say he, this real quick. That Tim Hortons is a motherfucker. I'm done. <laughs> I want... <laughs> That's terrible. I, w- I want to say this. Um, I- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go far here on shitting on Jeff Jarrett. I've let my thoughts be known on previous podcasts how I feel about Jeff Jarrett, the promoter. Um, and that's this isn't about Jeff Jarrett, the promoter. This is about Jeff Jarrett, the person. And I will say, you know, I for anybody who knows me, y'all know my favorite wrestler of all time is Scott Hall. And Lord knows that man is not without his demons. Um, he was been in and out of rehab a multitude of times. And as Caleb said, you know, at the end of the day, these guys were human beings. Um, and I will root. I rooted for Scott Hall the same way I would root for Jake Roberts, the same way I would root for someone like Jeff Jarrett. Um, alcoholism is something that I take very seriously. It runs in my family. And this is a near and dear issue to me. And even though I don't think Jeff Jarrett is, Whatever, as a promoter, I still think as a human being, we have to give, uh, uh, try to give a shit about him. Uh, about him. Um, so thank God, you know, that Vince McMahon and WWE are doing what they do. You know, you've worked for them before. They will help you out. And now it will be up to him if he wants to, you know, combat this. And alcoholism is a, it's a disease, guys. And this is not... It's not something you just wake up one day and say, I don't have this anymore. You live with it forever. That's just the reality of it. Um, So I would, you know, encourage people not to bash on this guy to the point where it's like, oh, you made all this money. Why can't you do this? Or why can't you do that? You know, no, that's not how this works. So not trying to get on my soapbox here, but that is just, it's kind of the reality. So regardless of how you feel about Jeff Jarrett, we definitely want him to get, you know, get the help he needs, and it looks like he's getting it. So God bless him. I'm not gonna bash him because, you know, he has an addiction. Because, like you said, God bless him is real. Woman can help. I'm gonna bash him because TNA sucks. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, he's no longer with TNA, so we'll just TNA roll still up that sucks one. with or without him. I am shocked. It's still a company. That's the story here. There's still well, a company. Well, we we said this before. I've told you before. There are certainties. Death taxes and TNA still being in business. Uh, they are the they are like the rest of the yes, They are. They are the cockroaches. If a nuclear holocaust takes out the Earth, Eli <laughs> Drake will still be crawling around ready the, to wrestle a match. The, the very first thing that's going to happen in the new Earth is going to be a TNA wrestling show. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! All joking aside, Jeff, man, get healthy. Uh, everybody has a right to make a mistake or two, so we're not going to judge you here. Just uh, stop making shitty wrestling. Terrible. That fair? Hey, that fair? Um, 
if uh, if you want to direct complaints about Impact, you direct them to uh, Dutch Mantel, sir. Okay, Dutch. he is the responsible. He is he is the responsible party at this point. And by the way, as someone who actually watches Impact, you know, not like this guy above me in the in the Skype chat, uh, twenty five people. It's been pretty all right. It's been pretty all right, man. I'm just saying. Oh boy, that that uh, that Great Chelsea news. Green, she's something. Chelsea Green should already Carl. be WWE. She was a WWE. She was on something. Well, I she know. Was. I know. She needs to be back yeah. now. She, she had to leave and, you know, whatever. But she should be She should be there now. She's much deserving. And to be a breath of fresh air, considering some of the characters they have currently. But anyways, fuck all that. Let's yeah, move on. Most, most, most graduates of the Lance Storm Academy should be signed to WWE, in my opinion. Well, the big, three are there. the big three are there. Peyton, uh, Tyler, and Emma. I didn't know Emma was uh, Storm Academy, but that's something. Storm Academy, brother. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, one more thing. Like, I personally would like to discuss very shortly. Ricochet, recently crowned PWG champion, is not indie bookings past January. So that's something. Maybe WWE bound, NXT bound, possibly. Well... So he's he's always said he wants to go to WWE, but since he got since he finally got uh free of the of the Lucha Underground thing, he did say he wanted to rock with uh, New Japan for for a little bit. Because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's part of Taguchi, right? Okay, look, I have no idea. <laughs> been split up now, and uh, no more. Like he doesn't have any. Japan dates either from what I've been told. Oh, so basically you're telling me he's going to be the new Cruiserweight champion. I was just about to say, man, <laughs> took the wind out of my sails because you guys know all you guys Do know not. all the you guys know all Do the outside not. stuff. But let's face it, he's going to go to WWE and because they can't get stop their hard on for Finn Balor, they're going to let Ricochet hang out in the Cruiserweights when he could be 10 times what Finn Balor is. But so, that's okay. That's okay. I'm just going to sip my tea and we'll move on. No okay, but but hold on. Hypothetically speaking, let's say this is what we're in. We're in October. Hypothetically speaking, next year, this time, the Cruiserweight division could have Andrade Almas, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Ricochet in it, among everybody else. Tell, right. me, that's not, tell me that's not a good division. It's a good division. Um, the I Cruiserweight don't. Division's already good. But yeah, I, mean, I don't. Already got solid talent. It, talent is irrelevant. None of them, none of them are stars. None of them are compelling characters. But Enzo, that's the reason Enzo strove the fuck into the division and got pushed because nobody was a compelling character. And you know what? As much as I love the guy, and I know Carl keeps a hard on for him all the time. Never wasn't either. Well, I would argue Drew Gulak maybe. Drew Gulak hey. is one of the few people. Yes, right now, what he's doing is interesting. But this, this, this it's been a division for a year and a half, right? He's been doing this sure. for like two months. Right. That, I mean, you got to start somewhere. I, I just think that, like, even if you put all those guys in the Cruiserweight division, I still am not 100% convinced. And it's, no, it's not because of those guys, necessarily. I'm not 100% convinced that it's going to just, all of a sudden, everyone's going to be like, you know what? 
205 Live. Like, I still just don't. Well, maybe. Why we'll have to wait and see. When they did it for Enzo. Well, I mean, I don't know how. I haven't seen numbers on. I've seen YouTube view numbers, but I haven't seen numbers on increasing numbers. So I can't. I mean, if you have the stats, I don't. On how many more people are now watching 205 Live because Enzo's there. Um, I, don't, and, I don't have the numbers, no. Right. I mean, I, I would say that there's probably been a, a bump, but I don't, I don't, even with that being said, I don't know that even if you bring Gargano or Gargano, however you fucking say his name, and Ciampa in there, are they as compelling as Enzo? I mean, they had a cool story in NXT and they're cool. They're known, but I mean, even still, like, can they work a mic like Enzo can? Can they drop that? You know what I'm saying? To me, it's it goes back to the same things we talk about with some of these guys. As good as they are in ring, in the WWE landscape, you still got to have that something special, that right. extra something. You know but, what I mean? But there's not five guys in the company that can work the mic like Enzo. So that's another sure. situation. But, so maybe they can't do, maybe they can't work the mic like Enzo can. But they're compelling characters. Ricochet. Might not be the best talker in the world, and he's actually a decent talker if you let him talk. But right. he's a compelling character. Cedric Alexander is my dude. I love him. Nothing about him is compelling, but but what he right. does in the ring. Rich Swan has a great story, absolutely compelling. Nothing about him is interesting other than what he does in the ring. That's that's almost everybody on the roster. Tazawa, same thing. You know I hate Lucha. Grandma Talik can wrestle, but nothing about him. Nothing. Kalisto yeah. is is a waste of space. You know, Brian Kendrick Jesus and Gallagher, Christ, he's a waste dude. he's 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 a waste of space. Uh he is. Kendrick and uh Swan. Next one, uh, Kendrick and Gallagher. Gallagher. Uh Tony Nice is built like a Greek god. Nothing else. They they <clears> have <throat> no they have no characters. Joe Gulak just made something out of nothing and God bless that man because he has working his ass off to make it work. Yeah. And but that's it. And then so. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, to me, it's one of those things. If WWE sees a character in you outside of Enzo, because one, Enzo could not, cannot hang in terms of like with the big boys. You know what I'm saying? You can't throw Enzo out there every week after you've already presented him as someone who can't wrestle to begin with. You can't throw him out there with guys like The Miz or Finn Balor or anybody. You can't. I mean, you can't. You can if you want to. They did it with Santino. They did it with Santino. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, but Santino had his what one moment, like Santino that one moment. Moments. He had multiple moments. Okay, Santino, well, he the... he's a two-time IC champ. He's a one-time right. US champ. He almost won the Royal Rumble. He almost won the Elimination Chamber. Like he's had multiple moments, dog. Right. I don't. But Santino at the very. I feel like Santino could maybe wrestle a little bit. I don't feel like that with Enzo at all. No, you. Now right. Santino's Santino stupid because he. You're correct. Santino had the Cobra, which was a dumbass move. And we're, and we're getting, right, we're getting off that. But what I'm saying, what I'm just trying to, the, the point I'm trying to make is, if WWE sees a character opportunity, if Ricochet is the compelling character they see him as, he'll be where Finn, he'll be, he won't go to the cruiserweight division. They'll use him the way they use Finn Balor. Finn Balor is a cruiserweight, but because he has a character, which a you know, i.e., paints himself up to look like. Fucking not venom too much. or not whatever, too much, bro. Not too much on Finn, bro. We've but, got, we've been good. This, this we've been good this entire podcast. I know, I know, and that's all I'm gonna say. But if they see a character there, I feel like they would just they wouldn't put him in the cruiserweight division. You're right. Because I f- I feel like the cruiserweight division is where non characters go. 
And I feel like the guys who have characters are the ones who would probably like to not be in the Cruiserweight division, i.e. Drew Gulak. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I, I don't know. You know what? I kind of agree with you there. So, okay, so, Caleb, you're, you're my resident indie guy. Is Leo Rush destined yeah. to be in the Cruiserweight division? Oh, my God. I hope not. See, now see. I sure hope not, but no, I hold can on. definitely. Has he figured out where the hard camera is yet? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I understand why you said that. And I and I, I don't even really disagree with why you said that. I really don't. But that thought process is what I hate. Oh my God, the I hate if he would. The cruiserweight division is a demotion, and that's I hate that because it's not. And I think somebody should. I, I respect the fuck out of Enzo because somebody, whether you're demoted there, whether it's whatever it is, even Neville to an extent, what he did for nine months, somebody needs to go over there and say, I'm gonna take this. I'm going to take this as a challenge, and I'm going to make this division the fucking best division in the, in the company. And I hate that thought process that we as fans, because I have it too. I'm not, this isn't on UK. I got the same thought process. Oh, well, you know, I hate the division. Oh, man, I hope he doesn't go there because, man, he's that shouldn't be the case. We should be excited to watch anything, any of it, right? You watch TNA, and we make fun of you about it all the time, but you love it. Right, wrestling should be good regardless. So we should never say, "Oh man, I hope they don't go to that division because they're not going to be utilized." Well, fuck, no, they should be. So I want someone to change that because they yeah. get time. They get time. Watch 205 Live. I dare you to. They've had 205. They've had two out of three falls matches. They've had street fights, numerous. They've had falls. They are having stories over there. They're really getting time. Somebody needs to change that. And Enzo's right now has taken the ball that Neville started. Neville got, if we're looking at a football field, Neville got from the end zone to the 40. Enzo then got it across half, across midfield. Somebody need to take it to the end zone. Drew Gulak. Maybe so. Yes. It Drew Gulak. A, it needs to be a favorite. Future weight champion. I'm, I'm telling you, if, if Gargano debuts... Uh, debuts and wins the title at say the Rumble or say say he wins the title at WrestleMania whatever. But if 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 Gargano and Ciampa have their feud that they're going to have eventually for the Cruiserweight title, that's going to be the Sean Brett of that division. I'm telling you, people will watch that because those two are compelling as fuck. Could be, could be. Have you have time you, will time will tell. Have right? you seen Ciampa's stuff in Ring of Honor as the Psycho Killer? I, I haven't, no. Go watch it. Don't tell me how to live my life, pal. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Not your pal, buddy. So, I think that's uh we got. We spent more time on Ricochet than I thought we were going to. Not even so much about Ricochet as it just kind of branched out a little bit into Cruiserweight. Into all those yeah. vanilla midgets over there. Well, that's the beauty of, of our, of oh, our podcast. For all you listeners out there, that's the beauty of our podcast. I, we try to come up with topics that are interesting and branch off into other topics and give you guys quality. And we gave y'all quality. We can still talk about Shinsuke and the title some more if y'all want. No, 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 we're good. Sure, yes. we're good. Uh, we did, we did have one question in particular. It's from uh, one John Edward, niece of mine. He asked, uh, which was the bigger upset? The Nets over the Cavs or gender over Randy Orton? Gender over Randy Orton because regular season don't matter. 
What was the other match? I'm sorry, I didn't even hear it. The Nets beating the uh, Cavs gender... last night or gender versus Randy yep. Orton? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, gender over Randy because there's 82 games in an NBA regular season. And as Rance has alluded to, they don't fucking matter. We already know who's going to get there. The Cavs will be fine. doesn't matter. So, yeah, gender over Randy. I would agree for sure. Uh, so we're real, gonna we're gonna take this bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go quick, ahead, go ahead. Real quick, I just want to touch on this since we talked about gender. Y'all heard that the possible stretch referee might be Rock, Austin, or Cena, right? Yes. Yeah. Does that make heard, you care? I, Does that I make had, you care now? Well, I I hadn't I hadn't heard Rock and Austin. I had just heard Cena. So Rock and Austin is new to me, but I'll believe it. That's fine. Um, I cared about the match already because I just – I got to know what they're going to do here. you know. And now if you say, okay, we're throwing in a special ref, it feels like an equalizer okay. a little bit for gender. Not Like the Singh brothers are not an equalizer to help beat Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry. Like even if Brock Lesnar got distracted the same way Randy Orton did by the Singh brothers and Brock killed the Singh brothers – Brock's kicking out of a coloss or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you have a special referee, now we're talking differently. Bro, so if, I don't, if Brock I don't, loses I don't, to one coloss, I swear to God, the internet's going to lose his mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would pop. I'm not going to lie. But what I'm saying is, yes, I think it will. I don't think the people who already hate gender or the people who are already hate Brock or hate this whole idea, I don't think it's going to bring any intrigue for them. I really don't. But I think the people who might have been on the fence or people like you and me, Rance, who like gender, you know, I'm not a big Brock Lesnar fan. I like gender more than I like Brock at this yeah, point yeah. at this stage. But um, I think for us, I think it does bring a little added value. I think for older fans who just love the rock and loved stone cold and love to live in the, in the attitude era. I think that. Yes, I think it'll bring some added appeal. And Caleb, I'm interested to hear what you say about that. Well, you're interested to hear what I have to say, but I'm not really interested in the matchup, even with the uh, the uh, aspect of a potential special ref. That is uh, that is my unfiltered thought on this one. I figured you would Just say that. That's why over I here. Asked. Yeah. So the, the basically, regardless if there's a ref or not, it's not it's not changing your, your opinion, right? Even if even if the ref is Sami Zayn. Well, <laughs> maybe only only if Sammy comes out and and does the ska dancing right in their faces, Bruh. Yes, yes, the battle ska. Asshole. Who doesn't love battle ska? Asshole, asshole, Sammy is the best Sammy out, bro. I just want you. To, I just want. No doubt. No yes, doubt. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Caleb, Caleb, were but, you about to try and run us off, or or were you about to jump on something else? Uh, I mean, I was going to run us off, but if okay. you guys got something else you want to talk about, go ahead. I got one more thing I want to touch on, and I only want to touch on it because, Rance, you actually brought it up. And I, and I only want to touch on it because I got some interesting responses um, when, when I was talking about it on Twitter earlier today. And that is the subscriber count for the WWE Network. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you have seen the graphic. Uh, I've got it up on my phone. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, but one thing, the right now, currently in quarter four, it looks like 
the subscriber count from right around WrestleMania season has gone down a little bit. And however, over time, the trend has been upward. So this last WrestleMania season was the highest subscriber count they ever had. And it's started to dip back down. And I think if you look at this graphic that I have, at least since the network has started, you see a huge jump around WrestleMania and then a little bit of a dip afterwards, which I think is normal. Um, and it brought me when I was talking on, on Twitter about it, it got us of course into the whole has the India effect done anything. And it's really interesting. If I go through some of this, a lot of people are saying, okay, well the Jinder Mahal thing has had no effect on India, them going into that market, what have you. Um, and I got some responses here from the same guy. Um, if, if you guys know uh, Stephen Bell, um, he's got a podcast on LOP. So, I mean... It's called it's, Late Shift, people, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, a lot of people listen to Late Shift. So I, I listen to what Stephen has to say because he's a, an intelligent guy. Um, but anyways, as he was kind of going through this, he basically was talking about, you know, someone had said that the expansion of the Indian market hasn't changed anything. And Stephen had said it's a long play. Millions of people in India just got TV for the first time. Millions more don't even have it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and so, like, basically, as you, as I went through this, just some of the interesting things he had to say, because I asked him, I was like, do you think it's going to overall have a change? And he said, you know, they're gaining a foothold into a fresh market. It's the best way to get yourself in there. Uh, the results won't be seen this year or the next. But 10 years from now, India – most likely is going to be one of their biggest markets for in terms of consumers. Um, and, and the way he said it was gender is an asset for them to point towards when making the TV distribution deals. See, we have Indian representation. And I think to me, those are interesting. It's not necessarily so much that gender is doing it as much as it's just saying we're pointing to someone we have representing our market. And that was, you know, it, it, like he said, it's a long game play here. It's not you're not going to see immediate results when people implement strategies, business strategies for their companies. A lot of times it's a long play. And I, I didn't I hadn't thought about that in my own head. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think with another thing that you're noticing, people will, are saying, oh, well, subscribers have gone down, pal. Well, if you look at the graphic, subscribers always go down around this time of year and they'll pop back up. They'll get a pop. But overall, the subscribers that that more subscriber, it's it's retention, right? Mm -hmm. So subscribers are they may come in droves and then drop a little bit, but most of those guys that sign up stay, and then a few leave, and then it just it gradually works itself up. If you're looking at like from a graph perspective, you know. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Maybe everybody else thinks it's boring. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to talk about if anybody had any thoughts on it. If not, it's fine. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I want I want to use that to make one more point. So many people, our brother Caleb included, laughed at WWE because, of course, the gender push was met with a lot of resistance from a lot of people. Understandably so. But everybody said, well, the only reason they could be pushed is because of India. And then turns out that the subs in India aren't very high. In fact, there was a report, again, I don't know if it was reputable or not, but it said they were losing subs in India. And that people were, well, it's not even working. Well, we have to look at facts. They signed, a few months ago, WWE signed a deal 
with whatever the major TV market is in India to kind of have like a BBC in England where they get all their shit free. So they get the pay-per-views already. Right. So the network isn't important right now to date for for the Indian market because if they want to get their pay-per-views today, they don't have to get it. As they build their survive, they build their uh, subscriber base and they build their fan base in that market, and more fans start to really, really love and want to watch WWE, and they're gonna want to see the shows. They're gonna want to see the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, you know, what I'm talking about the UK UK tournament and the May Young Classic and stuff like that. And they want sure. they're gonna want to see the old stuff. They're going to subscribe. So yes, it's a long game, and I understand we're a microwave society that needs to see results now, but it's a long game. Ten years from now, when maybe America's maybe America's down on WWE, but China and, and India are killing, which is where the the actual population of the world is. Half yeah. of the population in the world is between China and India, just about. Those two countries. You're right. Right. It's a long game. They're a business. They've been doing this way longer than we've been alive. They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you would. Uh, you'd certainly hope so. I'm. I'm definitely curious to see, you know, how things go with that India thing. Um, to your point about there being a long game. I mean, that's just that's part of you know, as you'd mentioned, that's business. Um, that's wrestling as well, you know. At least you know any promising company has a long game plan. Like for example, and you know people have laughed about it. But, you know Billy Corgan's talking about I have a twenty-year plan for the NWA. And personally, and I'm just gonna get on my soapbox here for a second. I hope that thing succeeds like no other. I hope the NWA succeeds. Quite frankly, I hope Ring of Honor succeeds. I hope Impact succeeds because you know. We don't really have, like, a close number two to the WWE here in the States. The closest we have is Ring of Honor, and that is a mighty gap. Yeah. And then, I mean, you could say New Japan's the second, but they're based in Japan. Right. And while, yes, they are expanding here in the States, you know, they're still there Japan-based. But, um, no, I'm interested to see how things go. I can't, you know, predict one way or another how that expansion's going to go. I'm, I'm definitely curious, though, for sure. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that briefly. I know it's might be kind of boring because it's numbers and not everybody's a numbers nerd like I am, but I just thought it was kind of an interesting point. Shout out to Steven if you're listening. Just thought I'd uh, throw that out there. Listen to The Late Shift if you get a chance, guys, on Lords of Pain. That's all I got. Absolutely, I yeah. Carl. Hey, Carl. Yes, sir. Hey, where can we reach you at on Twitter, brother? Oh, you can find me trolling. You can find me tweeting. You can find me dishing out my uh, fire takes at K-E-R-V-I-N-S-M-C. I'm there daily. Follow me. Hit the follow button. I usually follow back. If you're a wrestling fan and you hit, and you want a follower, you need a follower, you follow me, I'll follow you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I'm always looking for new people to talk about wrestling with. I love to argue. Um and I love to put myself over, so that's where you can find me. Yeah. Another question: Do you like? Do you write anything about wrestling on uh, websites in particular? Well, I'm not the most consistent guy in the world. As a matter of fact, I need to get on it. 
but yes, I am. Uh, I do write on the main page of lordsofpain.net. Uh, the column is called The King's Corner. Um, I go by King Curvin on there. Uh, so yeah, check check it out. I, I I try and do write as much as I can. Uh, you know, responsibilities and stuff make it hard sometimes, but usually you can find pay-per-view predictions, things like that up there. And uh, most recent column actually was talking about uh, Caleb's base lord, Sami Zayn. So get on there and check it out. Rance, uh, where where can we find you? What do you have to plug, sir? Um, I don't really don't got nothing. I'm just I'm just a man. Uh, but no, you can find me at it's Ray Cash R E Y, as in Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. Believe it or not, I might drop a column in the next couple of weeks. I have not written in a very long time, but it's a lot I want to talk about. So if, if I do drop said column, find me in the Lord, Lords of Pain uh, columns forum under the name Ray Cash. Yeah, do that. I'll, yeah, uh, I'll, put, I'll put I will put you over if you uh, put a column out. I'll make sure. Well, you better put me over because if you guys don't know, Carl and I are actually a tag team. He was right there, yeah. and Carl doesn't want to write with me anymore. He that's not true. Me to the curb. <laughs> I did not. I barely write for myself. So. <laughs> We're going to get Caleb Brighton, by the way. It's going to happen. One of these no, 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 you are not. I am an audio guy, not a uh, not a writer. Um, but, yeah, you can find those at what, what's it now? Lordsofpain.tv. Is that it? That's the that's the well, that's the forums. I'm not special enough to be on the main page anymore. It was once. But Lordsofpain.tv is where you can get to the forums. So you don't have to sign up to uh, read the columns, but sign up, you know, be a part of the community. It's a cool place down there. Lordsofpain.net is the main page, and you can find my boy at King Kirvin. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. You guys, uh, for those of you interested, you can follow me on Twitter at SMC underscore CalB. Guys, I just about forgot my own Twitter handle. Um, You can follow (laughs) our big brother, One Nation Radio, at One Nation Radio. You can follow our host, socialsuplex.com. Or yeah, socialsuplex.com at social suplex. You know, they got the website as well. Um, at the SMC podcast, that's the podcast itself. Please, if you are on an Android, you know, download us through whatever app you use. You know, we prefer that you use Podbean, but you know, beggars are not going to be choosers. If you do have an iPhone, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes, and you can find us at Social Suplex Podcast Network, and you will also find uh, one nation radio on there as well, as well as a special episode we did about a month ago, uh, rants did with rich called fuck you mean question mark. Um, <laughs> there will be more of those by the way. <laughs> yes, there uh, will eventually. Real quick, yeah. now. real quick. I want to throw one more thing out there. I am, uh, you guys have already done it and I am going to hop on, um, a podcast tomorrow. I'm uh, not sure how quick he puts them out, but I will be hopping on the podcast Tomorrow with our boy Tim Rose um, on Twitter at Tim Rose Tweeting. Uh, I'm going to hop on there for a little bit, and we're going to talk. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'll make sure and put that over as well. You'll see it on Twitter. Um, Caleb's, that. Two, Caleb's two versions of that said podcast are currently out now. Um, yes. I listen to them on SoundCloud. Oh. It's called The Unsanitary Pod Sauce. I listen to it on SoundCloud. There we go. It's on iTunes. It's on all the other stuff, but I listen to it on SoundCloud. 
Okay, cool. Just want to throw that out there so you'll you get more curving soon. And that's that's or, who or doesn't as, want more curving. Or as Tim calls you, Kevin. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He called you Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to have a talk when I when I uh, talk to him tomorrow. So. <laughs> For sure, man. Uh, yeah. Again, that's unsanitary pod sauce. Uh, we ran through all the plugs already. Uh, for those of you that decided to stick through us, stick with us, even though we talked about how Shinsuke Nakamura is terrible and how the title belts <laughs> look dumb, and and we talked about Ricochet, but we more so talked about the cruiserweight division. We thank you guys for listening, and uh, God bless you, and have a good night.